Fiends and Horror Hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? Uh, not too bad. Um, Humanoids from the Deep. Yeah, what a ride this was. Uh, it, very interesting. Um, it was fun. It's the movie, honestly, when someone talks about like a B sci-fi horror movie that like pops into my head. It's like Plan Nine or Humanoids from the Deep and stuff like that. When I'm picturing like an old schlocky drive-in, that's like what's on the screen. Oh yeah, there were definitely parts of me that like this reminds me of a like 1950s like creature feature. Yeah, it's that exploitation humor, like oh they're coming from the deep and you will never be the same. Like you expect something like that over it, but. It was made in 1980, so it has tons of boobs. <laughs> yes, lots of them. Yes. And so, from 1980, like you said, Rated R, directed by Barbara Peters, and I'm going to pump the brakes on that one for a second. All right. Would you have guessed that this was a woman-directed movie? Not whatsoever. When I saw that, when I was, like, looking up about the movie, I saw that it was directed by a woman. I was like, holy shit, like, Really? But this is produced by the amazing, legendary Roger Corman. This 100% feels like a Roger Corman movie. Yeah, and there's a reason for that. Because um, Barbara Peters, I know in interviews, has said that so much was changed and added and things like that. And I think this... Don't quote me on this because I've read a thousand things about this. That she like basically left midway through, and then a guy named Jimmy Murakami is the one who finished it. Oh, okay. And it all depends who you ask, who worked on what. So I'm not going to go into it because I don't know. Well, it's almost like that Spookies thing where they started out with one director and then went to another director and changed shit up exactly and like what i mean by it's crazy that it's directed by a woman if you guys are just listening to us and haven't seen this movie i wouldn't say like sexual content warning but i guess i could because but it's so unrealistic but there's a bunch of fish rape in it i'm glad that you said it before i did because yeah fish men rape these women and it's not even where it's like implied where it's like oh i wonder if they're just like killing them in a different way where they're just ripping their tops off no, at the very end, it's very, like, set in stone what's happened. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's the giant... It's a perverted creature from the Black Lagoon. That's what it is. Yeah, it really is, because they look like... It looks like, um, the, uh... You know the creature from the Black Lagoon from the Monster Squad? Yeah. It kind of looks like that, where it has, like, that... That kind of head, where it doesn't look like the classic creature... But it's, a, like, a little bit modified. Yeah. There's an interesting, like, subgenre of horror that people don't talk about a lot. And it's, everyone knows slashers, hauntings, possessions, vampire, werewolf, zombies. No one talks about, like, the creature from the depths very often. Yeah, the sea horror movies. Where it's, like, a creature from the, like, water coming back to kill or, like, do other things. <laughs> but, like... I know I'm joking, because this is not a great movie. But in general, they have a pretty good track record when they do those. 
Well, I just like creature. I mean, to go back to creature from Black Lagoon, I love it so much. You know. Yeah, and didn't that like the Shape of Water, which was like a monster like that, like clean house at one of the award shows or something? And that also has a uh, sea creature having sex with a female woman. Yeah, what's going on in Hollywood? We gotta kind of peel the curtain back. Why do people want this so much? Well, I don't know if you, like, I don't pay attention to the tabloids whatsoever, other than, like, when Last Podcast brings them up. And every once in a while, Henry from Last Podcast talks about how, like, Tom Cruise will be seen, like, buying a fish, going into the bathroom... And then leaving without the fish, and the people will go inside the bathroom and find the fish mangulated. Where it's like, Tom Cruise has fucking fish in, like, public restrooms. He's a big fan of this movie. Oh, yeah. he. This is his porn. Yes. So, we start out, there's this fishing town, pretty much what it is. It's like a beach town, but not like a vacation-y beach town, from what I could gather. It almost reminds me a bit of Jaws. Yeah, I got that a lot, too. Where it's that same kind of atmosphere, like, of the town, kind of. Even, But this one's way worse. This is, like, southern Jaws. This is Jaws after, like, that whole summer with the shark, the town a few years later, what happened when all the tourism and everything left. Yeah, and, like, a bunch of rednecks move in. Yeah, and I think also because this came out in 1980, so it was obviously filmed in the 70s, so it's still close to that same time period, too. Yeah, where I almost feel like, I wonder if they were doing the kind of thing that, like, Piranha did, where it's like, okay, Jaws made a lot of money, and so then they did Piranha, which is another, like, water horror movie. And they're like, okay, that one did pretty well. Isn't it also uh, Corman? I'm not sure if Piranha is or not. I don't think so. Oh, okay. But don't quote me. I'm not sure. (laughs) This movie isn't even called Humanoids from the Deep on the title card. It's called Monster. Yeah, it went through two titles, um, and sometimes they combine them. Sometimes you'll see Monster, Humanoids from the Deep. Sometimes you'll see Monster, and sometimes Humanoids from the Deep. It's almost like Q the Winged Serpent, where sometimes you just see Q, sometimes you just see the Winged Serpent, sometimes you see Q the Winged Serpent, but there's like several different titles. (laughs) Yeah, I've always just gone Humanoids from the Deep. I think it's the most common and the one that I knew about when I was younger. Well, other than that, it's like, okay, today we're covering Monster. It's like, how generic can you be? Yeah. But yeah, we said about the fishing town, the whole opening credits is just basically hammering that into your head. That's what these people do. And the fishermen are not catching their usual amount, is what it seems like. And that cuts to a fishing crew out on the boat. It's uh, a father and a very young son and a few crew members, and they net one of the monsters. They don't see it, though, just us, the audience, knows that. Yeah, which this son, like, this is an almost another syndrome of, like, the boat dad from, like, Friday the 13th Part 8, trying to boat pass man. on his boat knowledge. Yeah. Where it's like, son, uh, get up there and tie that knot. And he's like, oh, man. And he has to, like, put his, like, Game Boy down. And then, like, he's like, oh, you didn't fill the kerosene, whatever, for the winch to haul the fish up. Fill that up. And he's trying to fill that up, and he's not doing good enough. And then, like, his dad's like, come over here, help me with this line. And the boy just, like, drops the kerosene, like, gas, like, container onto the boat, and it's just dumping out. 
Yeah, all the kerosene spilling out of it. What, like, the boat kind of rocks because there's the creature in there, and it does break free from the net, but it knocks the sun into the water, and you just see a bunch of blood rise to the top of the water. I'm like, well done, like, that's some balls on this movie, killing the kid first. Oh yeah, this, well, this movie breaks so many cardinal rules, because later, not one, not two, but, like, ten dogs get killed. Yeah, all the dogs in the town. Yeah. Uh, except for one. But yeah, so you just see all the blood come to the surface, and the crew is about to, like, try to go in there, but then the boat explodes because the sun, stupid sun, spilled kerosene all over the boat, and that's pretty much what that was. Because, like, the sun kill like, spilled kerosene all over the boat, and then the sun falls into, like, into the water, like you said, and is, like, dying. For some reason, someone's like, let me shoot a flare gun randomly in the middle of the day like i don't know really why and if that is what makes the boat like explode but i don't know why he's firing the flare gun i think because like in case the kid's alive was bit by a shark or something like that like other boats to like help and look and stuff even then it's during the day you would think like shout like hey help would be better (laughs) can you still see him during the day I, I mean, not very well. I mean, kind of, if you're really paying attention. Oh, okay. There's two different kinds of late 70s horror. There's takes forever for the really good thing to happen. And then usually, though, it's really good when it does. But you're going to have a slow build to it. And then there's, fuck it, let's just throw it all at him the whole time. Yeah, which also to like lend to this movie, it's only an hour and 20 minutes long. It's not like it's trying to be two hours long or something. It knows, like, this is the amount of, like, exciting footage we have. So it's not trying to be more than it is. And I'm so thankful for that. Oh, really? Yeah, exactly. When I saw that runtime when I was watching this, I was like, awesome. (laughs) So our one character who you think is the cop, but he's not the cop, just the way the movie is set up, Jim, we cut to their family and their dog is following something at night. The next morning, they find that it was killed, and they find a bunch of slime and everything and start trying to figure out what killed their dog. And then, as you said earlier, he gets the dock, and there's more dead dogs. Yeah, every dog is dead except the Native Americans' uh, dog, which the entire movie, they say Indian, which every time I kind of wince a little bit, I'm always like, hmm. It's Native American now, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, it's it's 1980. Exactly, yeah, it's that time, but also it's, like, amazing how it's so much with this movie of it's, like, the white man of versus the Native American man. Oh, and they try to make the white guys who, like, allegedly by the story, like, took their water seem like the good guys and they're the jerks. Oh, yeah, because they're like, oh, look... The only dog that's, like, left alive is the Native Americans on the dock, you know? Yeah. Do they cut to the dance then, or is there more? No, because then we get this random woman at home trying on lingerie home alone, which I'm like, I don't think people just wear that home alone. Well, I don't know. We we didn't see the cutscenes from that movie, Home Alone, so we don't know. <laughs> uh, she hears noises, doorknobs jiggling, and we get our jump scare of her boyfriend showing up, and then we get the dance. That's all. Just, you know, get a cheap jump scare in there. Yeah, there's a few of those in there, which luckily they do, don't do them too often where it takes you out of the movie. But every once in a while there is that, like, they open the door and there's a cat. Yeah. 
Then we get this town dance thing, which I think used to be a much bigger thing, because a lot of old movies have these type of events in them. Well, yeah, it's a hoedown. This is what they did before they had, like, Twitter and, like, YouTube. And oh, they okay. had to get together and, like, do shit like this. Other than that, they were like, I can just, like, watch a live stream on Twitch, and I'm with all my friends now. You know, like... <laughs> yes. And then, right before the dance, there's the pre-dance speech from the mayor... Or he introduces Dr. Susan Drake, who has done experiments to make the salmon bigger and their fishing trouble should be behind them soon. And right there, we know what is causing this whole movie. Oh, yeah. Ba- what? Basically, they're a like shore town and they need to fish. And the yeah. humanoids are eating the fish. No, I think they're creating the humanoids like on accident. Oh, is the way okay. I always saw it. Because, yeah, we've been doing experiments to make the fish larger, so that should help your small catch problems. They created these creatures. Oh, okay, I didn't even get that. I was wondering where the humanoids came from. I almost took it as, like, they were from, like, you know how, like, the Marianas Trench is, like, miles deep? Yeah. And we don't know what's down there. I almost took it, like, it's, like, from that. No, they're just evil salmon. Oh, okay. Because they also have the scene later where the other scientist is explaining it. They look more like catfish bred with, like, there's those uh, fish that, I think they're called sunfish, where they have those, like, spiny backs that sometimes hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they really cared much about the scientific accuracy here. Yeah, they're not worried about fish continuity in this movie. (laughs) No. And so, the rivalship fishing crew as you said the natives show up with with a dead dog and our our other crew of the people at this dance they wouldn't killed it because he thought they killed theirs you know this whole classic misunderstanding and then we get the parking lot brawl which is so really it's so weird where it's like okay so you think that this like peaceful native american man who likes to fish and he's probably like Mostly just keeps to himself, it seems like. Killed seven of your dogs, even though he's a dog owner himself. I don't get it. Yeah, that's cold. That's serial killer shit. I don't think this dude did that. No, this is where it's really weird, where it becomes like the white, all the white men versus the one Native American men, man. And then, uh, luckily, there's a couple other people that like back him up. Yeah, I like when the fight starts happening, though. It's basically like an old western movie, like bar fight. Everyone just kind of punching each other, ooh, ooh, getting shoved around. To the fact that the couple we saw earlier is making out in the back of a truck. The boyfriend sticks his head out, like, what's all that commotion? Gets punched in the face, falls right back in. You know, like, it should have had some, like, ragtag, like, piano music going on with it. It's like Ed Wood. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted to have during this scene. And the sheriff fires a gun up in the air and tells them all to go home. Yeah, right when, which really fucking sucks, it's right when the Native American man was about to punch the white man I hate, where he started all this shit, where the one with the curly hair and whatnot, I don't know what... Oh, the one I refer to as the Quint ripoff the whole time? Yeah, but Quint was awesome. Like, at no point... Appearance and that he's a boatman, and I'm 90% sure they were going for, he looks kind of like Quint. It's like, let's make Quint, like, shittier, and now he's racist. Well, let's be honest, if Quint was a real person back then, that's probably him. But at no point in Jaws did he give us any uh, point where he didn't like anyone of any other race. Fair. 
at no point did he give us that inkling. So I'm saying Quint is LGBTQ positive. Okay, I like this. He's he's the new icon. Exactly. I would. Uh, Quint is awesome. Yes. You remember how the Babadook had like a Netflix error a long time ago and yeah. ended up in the category of like LGBT like Q friendly movies, and so everyone made the Babadook the gay icon. That is so funny. It was so funny, and I love how they were like, we don't get, like, you kind of fucked up, Netflix, but we're accepting it. Fuck you. We're making it a meme. <laughs> like He's ours now. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> where they were doing it where the Babadook and the Slender Man were, like, together. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was fan fiction about that and whatnot. Oh, it went so far, and it was so funny. We should do that movie one day. Not soon, but one day. Slender Man? Oh, no, Babadook. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I watched Slender Man, but that was me and one of me and my wife's first dates. It was probably like our third or fourth date, so we didn't really watch the movie. Yeah, I heard nothing but good about, I mean, nothing good about that movie. It's fucking, it's a rated PG-13 horror movie. It's not going to be good. I say there are exceptions to that. There's some that I enjoy quite a bit, but typically, yes. Yes, but this movie was trying to be hardcore. Yeah, true. At PG-13, which is not possible. Imagine Devil's Rejects at PG-13. Oh, that'd be something. Exactly. It does not work. Like, the Slender Man movie did not work. <laughs> yeah. But that's so weird that that's tied to me and my wife's, like, history. Where that's like, oh, that was one of our, like, first five dates was seeing Slender Man and with a double feature with Hereditary. <laughs> oh, that's not... The second half, that's really good. Hereditary was great. Slender Man was the second half. Yeah. There you yeah. go. You get out early. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Back to this. Well, right after the fight, we get Jim and the doctor joins him and his fishing crew while they're out fishing, like, so she can get, like, a better look at the waters and everything. Is this where they stumble upon the, like, pod of humanoids? Um, no, not yet. Okay. No, because we haven't even gotten to the first bit of that, which is next, because the girl from the back of the truck and the house earlier and her boyfriend are swimming and the monster is definitely checking out that girl's butt in the water because the camera goes right to it. I got to say, that's another one where I can see Roger Corman being there, like behind the scenes being like, get closer on her ass. Yeah, there it is. Make her Roger Corman's fucking swimming. Yeah, make her jump more in the water. Yeah, because there's just a shit ton of that. And the boyfriend does another jump scare on her, jumps out of the water, scares her, goes in the water. Like, why aren't you coming back up? He does come back up with half of his face just eaten off, which is actually pretty cool looking. Yeah, that scene is really cool. And it's very jarring because you haven't seen anything like that for this entire movie. And then you get hit with some pretty decent looking special effects. Yeah, this movie has a good bit of it, honestly. It's not like, nothing to write home about, but for the time and what you think for the rest of this movie, they do have some really good, like, gory effects here and there. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, she sees, screams, and run, and then it just shows her being pulled through the sand by the monster, and we get our first fish rape of the movie. Yeah, it tears her top off and, like, covers her in sand, and she starts screaming, and you see, like, one or two humps, and then it cuts away... So where I go, like, wait, wait a minute, what's going on? Yeah, it, it, the first time you see it, you're like, what? Well, then my mind starts playing tricks with me, being like, oh, 
what kind of birth is this going to be? Is this going to be eggs where it's like caviar looking? Is this going to be the fly from the 1980s where it's like a larva gets born? Is it going to be a half man, half fish thing that's like, kill me, kill me? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, they actually do address at least how it's born. Oh, yeah, at the very end, which that ending, I mean, that's we got to get there. <laughs> yeah. So that's all going on. And then we cut to Quint knockoff and his crew are at the bar, and it's not much of anything. And then that's just there to separate us between our beach rape scenes because we cut to this couple in a tent, which is the puppet guy and the girl. Oh, God, yeah. This guy is has such a fucking great game on himself. Where he is such a Mac Daddy like Fonzarelli that he can woo like woo a girl with a fucking puppet doing a puppet act where she keeps keeps getting more and more naked and is then willing to have sex with the guy doing the puppet act. Calling complete bullshit on it. No way. No way, unless he is literally Fonzie. <laughs> This <laughs> is just fucking hung like a horse. They ever like, yeah, you got to put up with the puppet thing, but holy shit, afterwards. Oh, yeah, this is either Fonzie or Mandingo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's making all these puppet puns again. I don't know what's up with these old movies. They always have a puppet guy. Was this like a big thing? Yeah, because uh, there's this movie. There's fucking Spookies that has the random puppet guy. Like, there's Puppet Master, which is all about puppets. Like, yeah, it's there's a weird like '80s horror obsession with puppets. I mean, they are creepy, and there's even yeah, true. A, uh, what's the Goosebumps puppet? Slappy. Slappy. Yeah. yeah, Slappy is one of the very first like evil puppets most people remember. Yeah, for sure with me, one hundred percent. Oh yeah. But so the monster slashes through the tent and kills the guy right away, and the girl runs, but she's caught by another one. And same deal, uh, Fish Ray possibly killed. I don't know about that because there's blood coming from her head. We know the other one survives. This one, I don't know. I That's another thing you don't exactly know. It's like, do they know not to kill the women that they are trying to impregnate? Like, I kind of like, you can almost like, I don't get it whatsoever. But you can almost see their motivation of like, we need to impregnate these women to keep our species going. Yeah, to keep advancing. Because these are animals, you know, they don't really know. Yeah, they seem pretty smart with their, like, battle plan later on, like, some of their stuff. Yeah, but they're fish, and fish don't have feelings, do they? No, they do, that's a rumor, but like an old myth, but yeah, they do, I don't know, they don't have, like, an emotional, like, comprehensive scale that we do, but... right. But I don't know, like, it's, uh, this movie is so fucking weird. It, it makes me ask way too many weird questions of myself. Yeah, that you don't want to be asking yourself. I watched this yeah. movie way too young, let me tell you. I was going to say, this is a movie you said that you watched for, like, where I was watching, like, uh, Friday the 13th and, like, Night of the Living Dead. You were like, oh, I was watching Humanoids from the Deep. I was like, oh, I've never seen this one, really. And then I watched this, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> It explains some things. <laughs> okay, I get you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then after that, we have two guys and a girl are at this river house. Like, they're part of the fishing crew. And the monster is lurking close that we see. But right as that's going on, the rival fishing crew throws a Molotov cocktail and explodes the entire house somehow. 
Yeah, with one Molotov cocktail, which looks like it's in like a bottle of like vodka or something. And unless that like house had a gas leak, I don't know how that happened. Even if it was just like a gasoline one, that still would spread like crazy, but wouldn't just instantly explode the house. No, it, it was just really cool looking for the movie. Yes. And but anyway, that goes on. They're out there trying to put off the fi- put out the fire. Obviously, the girl takes the truck and leaves for help. And so when they're the one guy's like filling up his water thing down by the river, he's pulled in by one of the monsters. Yeah, um, he gets pulled in, and then the uh, the other guy kind of saves him. I think yeah, he shoots the monster and he saves his friend, but he's injured real bad. Question for you: You knew we were gonna go here. Do the monsters check? Like, when he pulled that guy in, because it's 70s, guys have a little longer hair, 70s, 80s. Do you think he, like, reached down, like, oh, I can't use this? Oh, yeah, he's like, oh, wait, he's like, okay, let me see if it has a dick. Okay, yep, there's a dick. Now, these ones, we just bite. What if it's a fatter guy that does also have boobs? Because it can't even just go by the boobs thing, because I kind of have boobs myself. Yeah. So, like, it can't even just reach up and be like, oh, yeah, there's some squishy on its chest. That doesn't count. It has to reach down, <laughs> or it knows by like smell or pheromones or something. May or I have no idea. Yeah, we need the humanoids from the deep lore. Where do they stand on like today's issues of you know? Yeah, I want to know everything about this. Oh yeah, what happens if like okay, so someone trans, someone like becomes a woman that used to be a man? Are they like okay, let's try? Or, like, yeah, where do they stand on those issues? I, I have need no to know idea. these facts. Humanoids <laughs> from the deep, how woke are you? <laughs> well, we, the other guy shot the monster, he saves a friend, and the girl who took the truck is attacked. These things are hanging on the truck. <laughs> they wreck, the truck wrecks off the bridge, and we get another explosion, so she never makes it to town to get help. Well, I like the entire, I like to think the entire time they're like, you have boobies, we're coming after you. Want a date? Yeah, want a date? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next morning, our two survivors from that return, the ones in bad shape, they tell everyone about the monsters. I would like to point out this town doesn't have a, there's no monsters moment. Everyone's like on board right away. Okay, monsters now. What do we do? Oh yeah, where it's not like um, what was the movie where it was it a uh well like Killer Clowns from Outer Space, where the sheriff the entire time he's getting like twenty calls an hour of clowns are killing people in our town. He thinks every single call is a prank call. <laughs> yeah, that only goes. You can have two or three, and then you might go. Maybe we should look into this. No, the entire time he's like, ah, get off the phone. Like, you know, this is illegal to call with, like, prank calls to the 911 line. Yeah. So, uh, Jim and the doctor and the one survivor who was fine, they go out on a little boat to find the monsters, and they stop at, like, this little pier thing, and they find evidence of the monsters, and they go out to the ocean to look more, and that's where they find the caves, and all of the monsters come out of the caves, which is cool, because I think they only had, like, three monster suits. Yeah, which you can almost definitely tell where it's, um... Because you can only... It's the syndrome of, like, the Spookies thing, where they only had one, like, monster puppet. But they wanted you to think they had multiple monsters. Yeah. 
and then this is also where we find like there's just women wrapped up in seaweed completely naked yeah it's like that preservation thing like when they have their weird spawn creatures yeah which i love like the, the guys have in the movie have to like they uncover their face and they're like hmm we're still not sure and then they uncover their breasts and they're like oh yes yes that's a woman we should save her that's the woman who's been missing from town of course oh yes i recognize her nipples yeah <laughs> um so and then the monsters attack they shoot them and they kill some of them and so they take that one back to be studied to the lab. One point in this movie, I was like, watch, they're not going to take the monster back. Because that's what this, these kind of movies always do. They never have any proof. They just run to the sheriff or whoever's in charge and going, Sheriff, Sheriff, there's humanoid monsters trying to impregnate our women. It's like Don Knotts, you know. <laughs> Golly gee, like... <laughs> And they're like, rah, you're just drunk. And he goes, no, I'm not. If I could whistle, I'd do the theme, but I can't whistle. Just with the humanoids walking down the beach to that song. Yeah. But the scientists have secretly kind of known about this. The one who we've known, Dr. whatever her name is, is accusing the other one. Like, I told you this would happen type deal. And they explain like the accelerated growth and could make them smarter and stronger, but they'd want the species to continue and grow. This is our whole exposition dump on the monsters. Right. So basically it's all the information you need to know, quote unquote, to keep the movie going, but it's like, okay, just get it over with in a one or two minutes. It, what is it? They're driven they know this just by studying the dead one. They're driven to mate with humans to advance their species. Yeah, how do you know that from a dead, like weird creature? I do not know. It has a it has a dick that says blonde women on it. Yes. Uh, the Big Town Festival is going on right here, which I'm not sure what it is. They don't specify any holiday or anything, so I think it's just like the Salmon Fest. Yeah, it's just like, hey, we're like, let's get together. It's the redneck, like, hey down fest. Well, like Slither had the deer cheer. They have Salmon yeah. Fest. And, you know, it's got like the Ferris wheel rides, carousels, there's... Uh, the radio guy keeps interviewing Miss Salmon, is what her title is, like the pageant winner. Oh, God. You, do you, I do not want to be around Miss Salmon, which I love Salmon, but I don't want to be around Miss Salmon. Like, they couldn't have come up with a less unfortunate title? Yeah, like that poor lady. <laughs> yes. Um, and then we get this random shot of who I thought was a nun at first because the thing she had in her hair was Jim's wife. I don't know what's up and a baby in a cabin and then cut back to the fair and they show the sheriff, the dead monster. And right before they can like do anything, all the monsters attack the festival. You never really know how many monsters there actually are. Well, they make it seem like there's a lot, which is movie magic, you know? Oh yeah. But like the, at first you're like, okay, I wonder if they wiped them out. Like, all of them out except maybe one or two at that weird island where they found the naked women and the seaweed. But then, like, there's, like, ten that show up here or even more. Oh, and I'm watching it. I think it's, like, 25 of them. Oh, yeah, there's a shit ton. Yeah. And they all attack, and we get a bunch of kills and some more fish rape here. Because <laughs> they get the girl on roller skates, they kill some dude right then. 
And it's just madness. This actually kind of turns into like an action scene for a little bit. It's wild because they know to take down this weird pier bridge thing, which is what I'm saying. They're smart now. Like, they have battle tactics that like cut off the people from escaping and things like that. Well, I wonder if, like, generation by generation, they're getting smarter and, like, getting more human information, you know? Uh, maybe. If that's the way sex works, if you have sex with someone, do they automatically get the information you have? Yeah, it's like a data transfer. So that's why Liz has so much information about horror movies now, where it's just like, why do I know all this bullshit I don't want to know about? And it's like, because you married me, baby. <laughs> I think that's I'm hearing you rant all day, but both work. It's just me yelling in, uh, in my upstairs going, Oh, fuck you! Fucking Freddy's dead! Fucking 30th anniversary! Fuck you! One of the worst movies ever made! <laughs> that's gonna be a fun one to do, and I can't wait till we do it one day. Yeah. Also, while all this madness is going on, they cut back to Jim's wife at home, and now there's a monster outside the house while she's in the shower. Well, yeah, it's attracted by... There's like He's like, hmm naked lady in water this is exactly like, it's like a video game when like like you get like uh alerted that like oh there's an enemy it's like oh yeah there's a lady in water she <laughs> yeah, wait a minute is she blonde yes she is blonde <laughs> you know like so when this is all going on you know what like it i was talking about the effects and this is where it's really cool because one of the monsters rips a dude's head off Oh, yeah, where every once in a while there is some, like, a fucking amazing effects in this movie. Yeah, like, it just pulls the dude's head right off. And then my favorite of, like, all the crazy action madness at the festival is the merry-go-round scene. Oh, yeah, where isn't there a, the, yeah, I, I remember a guy getting killed on that merry-go-round. Because I yeah. thought it was so fucking, like, weird and funny. Like, What's well, so funny? Because you only see the one part of it. So you see it go around, you see the guy run it from it, and it comes around again, and he's dead with the humanoid right there. Which is like, I don't know any other movie I've seen that in. No, I don't think so either. The weird pervy DJ guy gets killed, and then they go after Miss Salmon, and of course they get her top off, but then she fights them off with a rock. She's become proved to be more capable than most of the like fishermen fighting these things. Yeah, because they like almost immediately give up. Because also they are chugging beers on that boat the entire day. They're yes. not gonna be on top of their game. Uh we get like a nice little finally peace in the community moment because the Quint ripoff is trying to save this girl stuck on the what's left of that weird pier bridge thing, and his rival guy shoots the monster to help him. Right, where he's like, oh, I guess you are an okay guy after all. He's like, motherfucker, I, don't, I did not kill your fucking dogs. <laughs> yeah, you literally came and killed mine for no reason. Now they're going to have to deal with that once all this dust settles and they realize what happened. And I still fucking saved your ass. Yes. So while all this is going on, like, Dr. Drake and uh, Jim are out there setting the water, like, just pouring gasoline all over the water... And they set it on fire, and it seems like it works pretty well. All these things catch on fire. They must have been right at the surface the whole time. Yeah, where well, yeah, they're very much like surface feeders, where they're like those fish that like nip at the bugs at the surface, I guess. Or they're just like, oh, look, a light. They're like moths. I mean, that's kind of like, yeah, because we're the bugs on the surface, and they're just going after us. Yeah, exactly, because we're like bug-sized to them. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because we're still bigger than them. They're big, but not huge. Yeah, if there's a spider yeah. that's taller than me, I'm freaking out. They're a little bigger than us, but I know what you mean. We're not, like, 
proportionate like that, but still, like, we're their food source, and we're at the top. You're, you're not wrong. That makes sense. I, I like the metaphor. And then uh, Dr. Drake, the woman is grabbed by a monster on the pier, but she's also saved by the, the rival fishermen who didn't kill the dogs. And then the townspeople start rising up, and there's a mob of them start surrounding the monsters, and they kill it with a bunch of two-by-fours and rocks. Yeah, it's a very much just, like, mob mentality of, like, it's an old Frankenstein movie of just, like, pitchforks and, like, torches and rocks. And, like, if there's enough of us, we can just, like, crush these things. Yeah, and, you know, it works. Like, the whole, like, town finally rallies and kills them. But right as that's going on, we cut back to Jim's house and the monsters are trying to break in for his wife. And one does get in. And she fights back with... She does have a knife, but what's this stuff she shoots at? It looks like shaving cream, but why is that on the kitchen counter? Yeah, it's like shaving cream or like some weird like foam stuff. Oh, it might be like that foaming hand soap or something. I don't know. I don't know why she uses it. I don't know if that was even around in the 70s. (laughs) Oh, I'm not sure. But anyway, with some sort of foam that does nothing, but then uses the knife. Well, it's almost like it's... Well, do you remember like um, Eight-Legged Freaks? When there was that, yeah. like, the king spider was, like, right up in what's-his-name's face, and he just spritzes him with, like, the little perfume, and the oh, yeah. spider freaks out. I love that. I love that movie. That yeah, movie's a lot that. of fun. But it's almost yeah. like, it's a little like that, if I can reference that movie at all. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I gotcha. Um, she does kill that one, and then Jim comes home and she almost stabs him. You know, the, oh, I thought you were one of them, explains everything. And the next morning comes, we see the aftermath at the festival, and you think that's the end of the movie, but it's not. Why isn't it? Because there is a poor, poor lady who is pregnant with a fish monster. Yeah, and they're telling her, push. She's, she looks like she's at the lab, like where they took the dead one. Like She doesn't look like she's at a regular hospital. Yeah, which is, I wonder, like, this movie doesn't take place over nine months. This is over, like, a couple days at the very most, I would say. So could, imagine the horror of that poor lady that, like, you're going from, like, I'm not, like, I'm just a lady, to now I am giving birth. Within just a few days. Like, see the Chucky voodoo pregnancy thing. But, yeah. but we don't know if that's that same day. Because it cuts away from it. That could be, like, months later. But still, how it leaves you... It doesn't say, you know, uh, sometime later or so-and-so later. It just kind of cuts to, now this is happening. For the rest of the... Uh, all the other parts of the movie... It was just like, okay, this, then this, then this, then this. So I'm guessing this happened within the same week that this happened to this poor lady. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're right. They don't have any, like, type time card cut or anything like that. So, yeah, I'm going with your explanation because it's creepier. But, yeah, it's 100% like alien ones out of her, like, belly. And it's like screaming. And it's like punch trying to like punch through her belly at one point, and it's kind of like body horror, and it's like kind of freaking me out. And I'm just like, oh god, like, <laughs> could you imagine? Like, birth itself is bad. Could you imagine like going through this, where it's like punching through like your layers of like person? <laughs> yeah, you're you. Yeah, it's just like hey. my, my belly, like ow. <laughs> 
Yeah, we don't get a very good look at it, but what we do is just creepy and scary. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, where it does kind of come through the belly, and then it's like, and it screams, and then it cuts. Yeah, and credits, that's the movie. That's Humanoids from the Deep Rip. What did you think? I mean, it's a fucking weird movie. It's definitely a Roger Corman movie, because I've seen quite a few of his movies, and it definitely feels like his kind of thing. Yeah, it's one of those movies, if you notice, I didn't take long talking about a lot of character stuff or anything like that, because they try to have it, but they fail miserably at it, but what saves it is all the B-movie schlock throughout it. Oh yeah, I do not remember one character's name through the entire time. If you, you remember, I'm like, I refer to them as like, the lady, the white people, and then like, the Native American. There's no, like, names attached to any of these people, because it doesn't really matter. No, it's not like they give them anything. Here, you're placeholder one, you're placeholder two, you're science person, you're, like, that's all it is. So, and you know yeah. what, it knows what it's trying to be, and it does well at it. Right. Enough. It's a, Enough. It's a fun movie. You want to get into Count of the Dead? Oh, yeah, where are we at, Greg, with this movie? Alright, so if you don't know, The Throbbing the Horror Count of the Dead is where we tally up all the deaths in a movie and we add it to our grand total of the deaths of all the other movies we've previously done. Last week we did Army of Darkness, which left us at 534 deaths. Brett, where do you think Humanoids from the Deep took us? 534. Because there actually were quite a few deaths in this movie. Yeah, it actually had a pretty good count, especially like once all the chaos broke out at the end. Yeah. I'm going to say there's 10. You're going to say 10? I'm saying 10. This is a complete off the cuff of my mind. Like, I have no idea. This is like the first time I remember watching this movie. <laughs> so if we got 10, that would have brought us to 544. We did not have 10. We had 17. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it had a big one. Uh, which brings us to a throbbing the count of the dead of 551 kills. We're on our way to 600 already, Greg. We just yeah. celebrated 500 kills. We're already already on our way to 600. That's awesome. Yeah, I won't lie. I didn't think this would have a big count in it. And I'm watching. I'm like, oh, I just like am tallying like every three seconds. It felt like during that time. Oh, some of these oddball movies like this have such a huge like kill count, especially like it, like uh, big chaos scenes like at the end. Like, 15 people would die, just, like, randomly. Yeah, especially when you think of movies like last week when we did Army of Darkness or Cabin in the Woods, where, like, you, it just the last, like, 20 minutes just ramp that number up and multiply it by, like, a crazy amount, just with everything that goes on. Right. Well, every week, Greg does his count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. I thought you weren't going to do it this week. I was concerned. No, every once in a while, I remember. Okay. And I like to do my rating system, which I love. We've been doing this for an entire year. And you, like, came up with, like, a cool name for your, like, segment and whatnot. And I just go, like, oh, yeah, and here's my rating system. <laughs> you, that's, come up with something for next week. That'll be your job. I'll have to come up with, like, a cool name for this thing. Yeah. But my explanation is so long that... Where I have to go, like we don't do we don't do stars or thumbs up or thumbs down, because Joe Bob does stars and that's sacred, and Cisco and Ebert sometimes did stars and sometimes did like thumbs up and thumbs down, and they can go fuck themselves with the 
hugest humanoid dick. Like, if I could wish for, like, someone to get impregnated by a humanoid baby, it would be Siskel <laughs> and Ebert. Okay. Like, fuck those guys. Agree. So, I like to do something 1 through 10, but of the movie, and I do not come up with that thing until right now. And I'm trying to think what would be good for this movie. There's it, There's not a whole ton to pick from. I don't want to do dead dogs because that's just sad. No, I, I don't want to do dead dogs either. Uh, okay, do you remember the guy? He has the green. He's one of like the lackeys of like the white redneck guys. He has the like giant hat on that's like okay. too big for his head. Yeah, vaguely. I mean, where like he for some reason that stuck out in my mind of like that hat is too big for you. It was like it was like a bucket hat almost, right? Well, no, it was like a trucker hat. It was a green trucker hat. Okay, now I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that hat. Okay. I thought you were going to go fish sticks. Oh, fish dicks? Yeah, like the Kanye West South Park thing. Oh, I'm yeah, not a gay fish. Good. Because, yeah, Kanye West has been going through a lot of shit here lately as well, where he's just, like, going off on rants like he always does. And, like, his, like, loyal fans are like, oh, I don't know if I like him anymore. Uh, I haven't followed, but I just like the I South Park it. joke. I just know it off of uh, TikTok. So, green trucker hats. Green trucker hats. Um, Well, I'm going to say hats. Okay, just hats. Hats in general, because that I recognize that hat, and it kind of stuck out in my mind. So, one hat, I'm going to say, is like a shitty little, it's like a paper hat. Where it's like raining outside and you got this hat for free and you were kind of excited about it. But now it's raining and it's like melting onto your head. Oh, it's just falling apart and deteriorating. Yeah, it's shitty and now you're sad and you're also covered in like garbage now. Okay, this is sad. I don't like this hat. What is? What would a good hat be, be? What is the very best hat in the entire world? I'm trying to think. What is it? Sven Gulli's top hat is fucking awesome. Oh, I like that. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go Sven Gulli's top hat because Sven Gulli has been around for 40 years. Uh, for 30 of those years, he was just in Chicago, I believe. In the last 10 years, he came to MeTV and went nationwide, which is yeah. where I discovered him through like telling Steve Dave. And yeah. I love the movies that he does. Like, even where, like, you saw Greg, where me and um, P, who's been on the show before, were talking about Svengoolie episodes and whatnot be right before this episode was recorded. Yeah. Number 10 is Svengoolie's top hat. <laughs> okay, I like this number 10. I would much rather have that hat. I'm going to honestly give this movie a 6. A 6? I'm giving it, like, right, like, just above passing... Where it's really cool to see all like the creature ki creature kills, and there is some cool like special effects, but like I don't know anyone's name, I don't really like care about most of the people. Like I'm really so. And then, then there's like all this like weird like fish female rape. Yeah, uh, a six hat for you. I'm, this is a weird position I didn't expect to find myself in, Brett, where it's like the one that I was hyping up this movie, and I gave it a a hat, four and a half hats. Oh, wow. Yeah, this movie's bad. 
No, I love it just because of the ridiculousness of it, and it's terrible, but it's bad. I can't give it, like, above a passing. Um, it's more fun if you... I don't want to say that because it sounds creepy, but I guess it's more fun if you watch all the highlights of it, like, all the craziness, the pure fight, the all the wild stuff, like the weird parking lot brawl, all of them killing people and stuff, than it is to actually sit down and watch this movie. Everyone should watch it once. You you should have that experience. But after that, I'm not sure you need to own it like I do. I do because it's a fun, like, rewatch, like, especially around, like, Halloween season or something like that, or if I'm with any of my old friends. But typically, I'd say you don't need to watch this movie more than once. I do, but I understand why it's not that. I would almost put this movie on the same, not quite on the same level, like a level below Basket Case. Yeah, that's a good place. Or or to me, like a level above or close to Puppet Master. Yeah, I would put it uh, probably about where Puppet Master is, probably a little bit above. Okay, yeah. If you could uh, double feature this, like at the drive-in, what would you put it with? Oh, Humanoids from the Deep paired with. No, it doesn't have to be another fish monster movie. Just, no. you know, something that'd be cool to see two movies with. It could be something completely right. different. Oh, God, it could man. be because it goes well or because it's like a palate cleanser from the other thing or vice versa. Whatever you'd put it with. Humanoids from the Deep with... I almost want to go 50s again. Like, Well, because this movie is from the 80s. So I would go like Bride of the Monster. Okay. We're due um, Humanoids from the Deep first. Have that be your opener. And then next is Bride of the Monster. That could I'd watch that double feature. It might be because I was just watching last night, but I'm thinking Night of the Living Dead it could go with. Because cool. what Humanoids from the Deep was trying to be like that, that era of movie. And so it was kind of going behind its time, but on purpose where Night of the Living Dead was way before it, but so ahead of its time, I think they'd be like a nice pairing together. Yeah, that would also be another very good one, but I am also a sucker for Night of the Living Dead, so you could put any movie as a double feature with that movie, and I will be completely in. Okay. Well, I'm glad that I got you to my double feature. Oh, yes, very much so. Since next week, we're going to be starting out our Halloween season in October. It is the last throbbing with horror before October. Which I am still decorating. I am still, I bought more pumpkins. I'm still decorating way more. I'm buying more pumpkin spice shit. I wanted to start a new, really quick little segment for the month of October. And just a little bit before with this episode, just to kind of kick it off. Okay. I'm excited. I actually don't know about this. You told me you had something, but I don't know what's coming. Right. I wanted to keep it vague for you. So it's Throbbing with Horrors Offering to Sam from Trick or Treat. Okay. So you know Sam from Trick or Treat. Yes. The little sackhead guy. He's uh, Sam is short for Sam Hain. So I'm almost looking at it as it also to a sacrifice to Sam Hain. Okay. Um, so I have two questions for you, Greg, just real quick, and I will also answer them myself after you're done. Oh, okay. I'm on the spot. Okay, so number one, candy corn. Do you like it, or do you not like candy corn? Love it. So do I. I absolutely love candy corn. I can eat that shit by, like, the handful. 
Yeah, I have some in my kitchen right now. Where there's something about it where it doesn't even taste like pumpkin spice or like anything I, I like linking itself to the fall season. But the taste of it, it tastes fake, but there's that fake taste in it that tastes like Halloween. It tastes like a waxy marshmallow, and I love it. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, it's not actually, like, if you wanted to break it down, and if this was like, let's say, an Easter candy, I would never eat it. But the fact that it's an Halloween candy, I'm like, all right, I like to, like, even just have it out in a serving bowl on the table. Just present it. Like, it just reminds you of the season. Oh, 100%. And, like, it's always one of the first things I see when I know I'm getting to Halloween and everything. So, yes. Yeah, it's one of the first things you see in the stores. So, I'm not sacrificing candy corn to Sam. Okay, cool. Candy corn is safe. Okay. Um, Off the top of your head, what is your favorite Halloween decoration? It can either be from childhood or from now. Oh, from childhood, I know it, and I don't know how to describe it, but it's one of those big plastic, I'm talking big, probably like three and a half or four feet tall, uh, plastic jack-o'-lanterns that had the wire in the back and it lit up, like, and it's all sun-faded and destroyed the last time I saw it. I think my parents lost it in the move, but that was my favorite. I don't know what brand it was or anything, but if I ever see one at a yard sale, I'm grabbing it in a heartbeat. Um, As far as my current ones... I, this sounds so stupid. I mean, I'm really excited about the new Ghostbusters inflatable I got, but I have this skull shark head with eyes that I just put on my lawn, like with all my jack-o'-lanterns and stuff, and I really like that. I don't know why it's dumb, but I like it a lot. So I guess I'd go with that for current. Is that the one from Spirit Halloween? Yes. Yeah, that's actually year, an awesome-looking like skull. <laughs> yeah, it just looks like it's a shark coming out of the water on your grass, something about it. I like it a lot. Now, the first pumpkin thing you were talking about, is it a, like, blow mold, like, hard plastic thing, or is it, like, one of those blow-up ones? It's not a blow-up one. It's always there. Um, so I guess, yeah, it would be a blow mold. I don't even know wh- how I would find it. It's not like the ones that you just found, though. It's it's not that hard plastic. It's, like, almost like kitty pool, not kitty, like child pool, like what I use for my dog, Right. Material plastic. Okay. I don't I don't know what it is, what brand it is, and it's oh. been haunting me ever since. I think I know what you so it's almost like a beach ball. No. Okay. Um, I'm thinking I about don't a think, different at least. decoration. Yeah, they're not inflatable or anything at all. It's not oh when I'm saying kitty ball, I mean the I don't mean the inflatable ones. I mean like those hard like a milk jug plastic. Oh, okay. Better description. Well, I got to say, my favorite Halloween decoration from childhood was the Empire Ghost Blow Mold, where it had a pumpkin in one hand and a skull in the other hand, and it had this blank look on its face, and it used to scare me to death as a child, and now (laughs) I want nothing more than to have it back. I'm looking it up because I'm curious what this thing looks like. It's on eBay. But it's like $100. Oh, we used to have this too. Yeah, with the pumpkin and the skull and it has the blank look. Yeah, I love those things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that too. Oh, that's a good one. And my favorite Halloween decoration I currently own is an Empire Blow Mold from 1969. 
and it's the uh pumpkin guy it's like a guy with a pumpkin head and he's kind of has his head tilted with the top hat yeah okay that's my very favorite one just because it's so old and i have the original cord with it that still works oh no shit yeah, which I, for some reason, like, my nerd brain, like, flips on, like, whenever I would get an action figure where, like, you know where you put, like, the uh, action figure on, like, the little card post that where it hangs? Yeah. Where that part wouldn't be punched out, it would just be still fresh? Yeah, complete mint, yeah. For some reason, that matters. It's that kind of shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that's, um, that's my favorite that's where I'm at. Um, I just wanted to kind of introduce that segment to see what everyone thought. And just to kind of get the Halloween like season in everyone's like hearts, because I care very, I care about so little amount of things of there's like horror movies and my wife and like, I like beer and I like my cat. And then there's like Halloween. And right now is that spooky season. Yeah. And like, it's great. I can't. I have mine. I'm not doing my yard until October first this year, which usually I would start earlier. But I decided I wanted to wait till October first, so then it had it felt like kind of a celebration for me type deal to go set everything up that day and have it all good to go for the whole month. But yeah. I've been like planning out where I'm putting everything and all that. Oh yeah, we're like I start decorating inside of our house on September first is the yeah. inside decorations. The outside decorations happen about midway through September, which is about now. So I've already put some like skeletons outside and whatnot. I'm the very first house in the entire neighborhood to decorate for Halloween season. Congratulations. I'm very proud of that. And I'm also very disappointed in everyone else in my neighborhood. Step it fucking up. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's a house I drive past on my way to work who just yesterday did their yard, and they did their yard. It's crazy good already. I'm, I was impressed. I um delivered food to a house the other day, and it was like an apartment, and like, but it was like an outside apartment, but what they did with it, they already had blow, like, they had like the uh, inflatables up, they had like fake skeletons outside their door. Like I was like, awesome on you guys. Like, thank you for like keeping this up. Good. Yeah. I, I'm glad to see it starting. So yeah, next week will be our first October episode. We have a good October lineup lined up for you guys. I think it's a good mix of things, maybe a new release of uh, things you'd want to watch around Halloween. Exactly. Things that um, you're definitely going... We put a lot of time and thought into this Halloween release. To the point, we, we've had this lockdown. This is the one I don't have to look at the schedule this full month. I know every movie on this month. Oh, yeah, 100%. And what are we doing next week, Greg? To start off the Halloween season, what is an amazing movie to get us in the mood that might, might not be so horrific, but... It's extremely funny, and it might feature the horror hostess with the mostest. Yeah, we're doing Elvira, Mistress of the Dark next week, and I can't wait. And before any of you go, the movie's not even scary. No shit, it's not scary. But it, it does have a bunch of classic horror stuff in it. There's a bunch of witch stuff in it. There's, a, like, Salem witch trials, things like that. And it's just, like, the most perfect 
okay, let's kick off Halloween season movie I could think of. Well, you actually thought of to put that on there. So I'm very excited to do that. Well, and it's Elvira. Like, yeah. how can Elvira not get you in the spooky mood? Exactly. I can't wait. That hair, that skin pigment, those amazing, um, like, voluptuous thoughts that she has. <laughs> yeah, so you guys know what to do. Watch that for next week. and That's going to be a good time, and we will be back on Friday for that. Yeah, it's spooky season. It's about damn time. Yeah, this is the one time of year I'm happy, like, the most. (laughs) And it's also the best time to have a horror podcast. It really is, because, like, I watch horror movies all year long, but this month, I'm like, let's do five episodes a week. I'm watching so many horror movies. I'm just like, I'm overloading. Like, which one are we doing again this week, Greg? Exactly. And if you are out there like getting into Halloween spirit and checking out some horror movie podcasts because maybe you just watch some and you don't watch them that much, thank you. Uh, Keep watching them and we'll be here all year, not just this month. No, Halloween is all year long. Yes. But yeah, follow us on all the social medias. Basically, search us uh, throbbing with horror on anything and you'll probably find us. Look for our logo. (laughs) Yeah. That's all I got. That's all I got, Greg. So, uh, yeah, see us next week. We're going to do Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And this week, we just talked about uh, humanoids of the deep or monsters. So we hope we've left your brain throbbing with horror.